Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. I'm super excited about our, our guest speaker today. A few, a few weeks ago, I, um, I called a friend of mine who we've been friends for 14, 15 years now, and really we've, we've traveled the country together preaching and ministering together, and our, our ministry sort of grew up together. You know, we were both uh, in our 20s when we met, and, 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 and our ministries kind of grew up. We had kids and, and uh, walked through a lot of the same uh, struggles together. And, uh, and then a year before we moved to Bernie, Texas, so in 2015, uh, they launched a dynamic, he and his wife Kara launched a dynamic, life-giving, spirit-filled church in Knoxville. That when I tell you this is one of the most miracle stories uh, that I've ever heard, I, it's such a miracle, I, I mean, it's a miracle like this. Since COVID, they've tripled in size. Every, I mean, just an ama- like God's hands on them, God's hands on their church. Really, it is it is a revival it's a revival story in Knoxville, Texas. And there's only two City Hills churches in all the world. We're one of them, and they're the other one. Everybody, they're in Knoxville. You got any friends and family in Eastern Tennessee? They need to go to City Hills because you know what that's going to be like. He is one of my dearest friends in all the world. I'm excited he's here. Would you stand with me? Come on, as a, as a sign of honor, would you do that with me? Would you put your hands together and welcome from Knoxville, Tennessee, my friend, Pastor Brandon Shanks, everybody. can be seated. You can be seated. Hey, could you give a hand to your pastor? What an amazing, amazing man of God. can be seated. What an honor to be here. I'm your cousin from Tennessee. I didn't know if you knew you had family in Tennessee, but hey, I have had the privilege of following your journey uh, since whenever Pastor Mitch and Brandy just had the, just, I remember them sharing their heart to, to come here and what a miracle that you're a part of. So it is an absolute honor to be here. Um, my wife's here with me. We have our two older boys that are here in kids ministry. Thank you so much for being here. It is a, such an honor to be here. Um, you are so blessed. I, w- I just wanted to say this. You have the most incredible leaders, and I know you know that. But, I, but Pastor Mitch was saying, for 14 years, your pastors have been an encouragement to me. And so I know you are so blessed. They are people of integrity. I've seen them walk through um, highs and lows and stay faithful to God and stay faithful to the calling that's on their life. And they brag on you all the time, always bragging on what God's doing here at City Hills. And uh, I I love you have the best church name ever in the world. I'm not going to struggle with with the church name today because I'm used to saying City Hills all the time. And uh, I want to say this too. You are here at such a strategic moment in church life. I got to see the new building uh, last night and oh, it is so awesome. So exciting what God's doing. And uh, you are here for such a time as this that that I think sometimes we all struggle with feeling like we're, um, like, like what we do doesn't matter or, you know, it's kind of random how we're going through life. And God, God really has uh, big plans for you that he would call you here during this season that you could say that you were part of this season going uh, and, and possessing this new building and all the exciting things. This is an all in moment for the church. And, and uh, it's, I, I'll say this. I know as you go all in, God has already prepared to bless your life. He's already, he's, he, the reason he's allowed you to be here in this season is because he has a blessing for you as you step into everything he has for you. So it's an honor to be here. I mean, from the bottom of my heart, it is an honor. I, we pray for you guys all the time. Hey, it's the coolest church name ever. You know, I mean, the, one other city hills, we're, we're praying and, 
and it's an honor to, to be here. Can we give a hand to all of our guests that are here one more time? Thank you for being here. Those watching online, thank you for joining us here. And if you're a first-time guest, come on back next week and hear Pastor Mitch. He is my favorite preacher. I love hearing your pastor preach. I listen to your uh, Sundays so often, and it's just uh, it's an honor to be here. Well, if you have your Bible, turn with me to two passages of, of Scripture, uh, Luke chapter 7 and John chapter 11. And I really uh, have on my heart to encourage someone today. And I want to share with you two miracle stories in the Bible. Uh, Luke chapter 11, we'll start, I mean, Luke chapter 7, verse 11, we'll start uh, here where it says this. Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The The young man who had died was a widow's only son. And a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Verse 14. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. Imagine this story. What a amazing that Jesus walks over, tells the widow, don't cry. Touches the coffin and the bearer stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you to get up. And the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. What an awesome miracle story. Here's the second miracle story I want to show you Uh, today. John chapter 11, same miracle. It says this, a man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. This was the same Mary who massaged the Lord's feet with aromatic oils and then wiped them with her hair. It was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent to Jesus, Master, the one who you love so very much is sick. Verse 5 says this, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, but oddly. Can you say that with me? Oddly. How is odd? It's kind of oddly. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed on where he was for two more days. I want to title this message today, The God of Both. The God of Both. Uh, let's pray together and ask the Holy Spirit to just speak to us today. I realize this, God can do more in a moment than I could in all the messages I could ever preach. So I just pray that he speaks to our hearts and lives today. So let's, would you join me in prayer this morning? Lord, thank you so much. Thank you for uh, City Hills. Thank you, God, for such amazing pastors. God, thank you, God, for what you're doing. God, this new opportunity, new facility, God, that you're, this is a movement, Lord, of what you're doing on the earth. And God, we're just humbled to be a part of it, God. I, I just thank you for what you're doing. God, and and, and I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts today. Lord, say more than I could ever say. Lord, speak your word to us today, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen, amen. I have a question. How, How many of you would say that you are someone who is good with directions. You're a, you're a good, like you have a good sense of direction. Yes, yes, we have a few. How many would join me in saying you are directionally challenged? Come on, uh, that you're gonna get lost leaving the parking lot. <laughs> Whenever we rented our rental car here a few days ago, they gave me one of these paper maps. Anybody remember this day of paper maps? Anybody remember the massive atlas that your grandparents or that you would have? And they'd open it up, you know, and you'd take a highlighter and highlight it. And then after that were the days of MapQuest. Oh, MapQuest. You know, you go and you have to print the thing off and, uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, go on the, you know, the directions. And I saw a meme the other day that says, how old are you? It says, I am used to print off the directions from MapQuest years old. That's how old I am. 
But now we have GPS, which is amazing. And uh, I was thinking about, about GPS and how my Google Maps does something unique whenever I put in, uh, whenever I try to get directions on specifically a long trip. Usually it'll give me two, two directions, two, two different options to choose. The first one is like the direct route. Like, uh, you know, it'll take 10 hours to get there. Uh, but then option B is, you know, completely out of the way. And it'll be like an 18-hour trip. And I've never looked at these two different ways and thought, oh, I would love to take the second one. Never once. I've never thought, oh, I have three small kids, and I've never thought I would just love the time in the car on a road trip. Give me that extra eight hours, God. I would love it. It's just so family, team building. It's just amazing. No, I want to get to the fastest way to my destination. Can I get a witness, anybody? That's how I want to go. But, but what I want to say, to you, I have a simple message today, and it's simply this, that God is not interested in taking us the fastest way to our destination most times. God is sometimes taking us the scenic route to the plan and purpose that he has for our life. And this is frustrating at times. This is what we don't understand. This is the time where it's easy to lose our faith and lose hope and lose joy in the midst of it all. And I really dedicate this message to someone who's here in the room. And I, I don't know your story. It's the first time I've had the privilege of meeting so many of you. But I know this, that, that there are people in this place or people watching online that you are in the middle of miracles that God has given you. He's given you a dream. He's given you a hope. He's given you a promise. And it looks like nothing is happening. And it looks like God has forgotten you. And it looks like he chose the wrong route to the destination that he gave you. And I just want to encourage somebody by telling you this, you're still going to make it to the destination that God put in your heart. You're still going to make it to the destination that God has prepared for your life. He wasn't lying whenever he told you that dream. He wasn't lying whenever he put that dream and vision in your heart for what he wanted to do. He has a plan and purpose in and through it all, and he's not done with you yet. The, the, your failure did not stop God's purpose in your life. Your failure's not final. The mistake, the abuse, the pain, the disappointment, all of it, God can use. He didn't cause it all, but he specializes in using it all. If we'll trust him. And I came to encourage somebody on the journey today that God has a miracle destination planned for your life. You're not a nobody. You're not somebody who just is an accident. I don't care what anyone else has said about you. You are not an accident. You're not your worst mistake. You may have done what the devil says you did, but you're not who the devil says you are. You are a son and daughter of the most high king. And the devil's greatest weapon is discouragement. One of my favorite movies is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Anybody ever seen It's a Wonderful Life? It's the very beginning of that movie where it says, uh, you know, um, the angels are trying to recruit help and says, you know, I need you to go down and help George Bailey. And he says, is he sick? And he says, no worse, he's discouraged. I came to talk to a discouraged man today. I came to talk to somebody who may feel discouraged on the journey. God wants to use your life, use my life, as a story, a testimony that other people would be encouraged by. He's doing so much more than what you can see, and you're doing a lot better job than you think you are on the journey. So don't give up, don't quit. He has a miracle destination for you, but when we say the word miracle, when I say the word miracle, I could just about substitute the word immediate for miracle. Because I think all miracles are immediate. 
If it doesn't happen immediately, it ain't a miracle. See, we think God only does immediate miracles. We love the miracles in, John, in Luke chapter 7. That's the kind of miracle I like. We read it. Jesus was walking by this funeral procession. He, was, he, he notices that there's this widow that has lost a son. And just, we don't, we don't have any backstory to this. We don't know their names. We don't have some big grand story of what God has to but his plan is in their life. We don't have any details of this story in Luke chapter seven, but we see Jesus has compassion and he, in his mind says, I have a gift that I wanna give to this woman. I'll have a gift that I wanna give to this son who has passed away. And just out of his miraculous power, unexpected, Jesus just unwraps the gift. It's quick. He says, rise up, be healed. Stand on your own two feet. And Jesus did a miracle in this little boy's life. I love that Jesus. I love the miracle worker Jesus. I love the Jesus that I was thinking about this this morning when I was going to, this is Luke 7, 11. I love the 7, 11 Jesus. That convenience store. The Jesus that does things quick and speedy and at a good price. You know, I would, this is the one that, you know, I can, we, we want, I want that kind of Jesus. I want that kind of miracle in my life. That's what I want. That's the gift that I want. And Jesus does a resurrection miracle and gives this amazing gift to somebody that didn't expect it. And that's the kind of miracle that I want. And can I just stop right here and say this? We still serve an immediate miracle Jesus. I don't care how messed up your life is. I don't care how broken the situation is. I don't care how sick the, you are. We still serve a healer. We still serve a way maker. We still serve a deliverer. We still serve one that puts marriages back together and gives purpose to people who have lost their joy. And he does miracles in our lives. We still serve a miracle working Jesus. He changed my life. He's done miracles in my life. And we're going to pray at the end. If you need a miracle, we serve the God of miracles. But I just wanted to tell you, he's not only the God of this type of miracle, he also is the God of a different type of miracle. I told you, I'm telling you the story of two gifts. The same miracle, but two completely different stories, paths, journeys, if you will, to the miracle. And if you're somebody who you say, I've not got the immediate miracle yet, I want to encourage you and to let you know you're still on your way to something that you, that God has put in your heart. He's still doing the miracle in and through your life. And we see this in John chapter 11. I, I was thinking about this. If Jesus would do this kind of miracle for somebody that he didn't even know, what do you think he would do for someone he really loved? What do you think he would do for his friend, Lazarus. It wasn't just Lazarus, it was Mary and Martha. This whole family, he had a relationship with them. So is, he had no seeming relationship with this other situation. How would he treat someone or a group of people or a family or a church family? How would he treat people that he really has a plan and purpose for, that he really wants to use in their story? Well, we see it in John chapter 11. And I just want to say he's the God of both, Luke 7 and John 11. So here's what the scripture says. We saw it together. Oddly, Jesus stayed where he was after Mary and Martha sent for him. And he says this in verse 4, The sickness is not fatal, but it will become an occasion 
to show God's glory by glorifying God's Son. I want to share with you four things I see in this text. The first one is this, is that God already has an occasion planned for your breakthrough. He says, this is not going to be the thing that does them in. This is not fatal, but it will become an occasion. Jesus says, I've already put it on my calendar and it's not going to happen in a moment. It's not going to be immediate, but it sure is going to be an occasion. It sure is going to be an occasion for the glory of God. I just came to encourage somebody that's in a John chapter 11 kind of slow, seemingly slow miracle. God already has the calendar date planned for the breakthrough that you have been praying for. God already has, and he's planning an occasion. He's got it marked on his calendar and says, oh my goodness, they only a hundred more days. He's excited about it. Can I tell you, God plans an occasion much better than I plan an occasion. I can plan an occasion and do my best, but you know what? The world can have a way of knocking out the occasion that I have planned. I make plans and dreams, and and life has a way of knocking out those plans and dreams. But can I tell you, not one plan of God has ever been thwarted in my life. Not one purpose that God ever had has ever been taken away from our lives. He has the occasion planned, so don't be discouraged. God's looking. He's looking for people that are willing for their lives to become an occasion. Are you the kind of person that can be trusted enough for your situation to become an occasion for what? The glory of God. It's the second thing I see in the text is that God's going to get some glory out of this. You got to really like have a preacher voice. To, God's going to get some glory out of this. Can you preach that with me? God's going to get some glory out of this. Ha, that's right. You got to get hot. I'm from Tennessee. They got some hot preaching. Yeah, but you got to, In this season that we walk through many times of the uncertain and the process, we have to learn to preach to ourselves. You may not feel like, oh, I'm not a preacher. That's right. No, no. You have to preach to yourself. You got to learn to say amen to your own sermon. You got to get a word, take a text from God's word, get you a promise, circle that thing and say, you know what? I don't know how this marriage is going to turn out, but I know this. God's about to get some glory out of the miracle that he does in it and through it. I don't know what's going to happen, how the details of how he's going to fix this situation with my kids or my finances or my joy or this anxiety that I'm walking through all these problems. But I know this, I know a surety of this, that God's about to get some glory out of this situation. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know why this is for the glory of God. This is for the glory of God. God's going to get some glory out of your life. God's goal is not to make us happy. It's to use our lives as, as a vehicle for his glory, for him to do something mighty. And many times he will be late. Take us the scenic route. Why? Because he so much bigger, so much bigger than what we have planned He's got an occasion. Here's the third thing I see is that God's delays are not God's denials. We read it together. It said he stayed where he was two more days. You may be in a delay season, but don't be discouraged. Just because you're delayed doesn't mean God's done. 
just because you're delayed doesn't mean it's a denied request. Jesus stayed where he was. The scripture says, by faith and patience, we possess the promises of God. We gotta have faith. We need, we need faith for that immediate, but we also need patience whenever the John chapter 11 miracles start happening in our lives that we don't understand because God, the, the, the miracle and the dream may be seemingly delayed, but it's surely not denied. God wants to do a mighty work in and through all of us. You see, I heard one man say, if I could get God anything, it'd be a calendar and a wristwatch. Can I get a witness somebody? We forget he made time. He's doing the right thing. Here's the fourth thing I see is that your miracle is not just for you. See, when we, when we all get in these discouraging seasons, it's so easy to get so inwardly focused where we think, well, this isn't happening in my life. What about my kid? What about my health? What about my, we, we could just turn so inward, turn inward when everything, it's all about me. But what we see through this miracle in John chapter 11 is that God had already planned all of this out and it was all part of the story to show his glory, not just to Lazarus, but he was wanting to do something so much more than everything else, more than just this situation with just Lazarus. He was wanting to do something so big and so grand that 2,000 years later, you know, we would be in Texas here talking about this story. See, it's not your story and my story. It's not just about us, that our miracle is something, is about God doing something so much bigger than all of us. And, and he, what we start seeing God do is give a miracle. Here, here it is in verse 10. He says this, after two days, Jesus said this, let's go back to Judea. So after he had waited, he said these things. Then he announced, watch this, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. And he says this, I'm going to go wake him up. <laughs> what did he say? I got a gift for Lazarus. I'm going to go wake him up. Here's the difference between this miracle in Luke chapter 7 and this miracle. Jesus started unwrapping this miracle four days early. And what you see is this unwrapping of a story of people who had one way of seeing God. And thought, oh, God only does the Luke chapter 7 miracles. But Jesus starts dropping revelation about who he is. Even his own disciples didn't, even his own disciples who walked with them didn't fully understand who he was. You read it in the story, read it for yourself. It's so awesome. John chapter 11, but, but you know, Thomas is clueless. He thinks they're all going to like die together. He's, they're, they're just confused. They don't understand. And, and while Jesus is moving, it's like this whole crowd is coming with him. Doubters, people that don't understand, people saying things like this. If he really loved them, why wouldn't he have come earlier? And what he's doing, he's involving more and more people. And he's unwrapping this gift that he promised was going to happen. And it gets to the point in this story where he is standing before the sisters that called for his help in the first place, Mary and Martha. And in these two ladies, we really get to see uh, the picture of how we all deal with the uncertain miracles in our lives. That, that These seasons where we're in this scenic route, if you will, this, this, this John chapter 11 kind of miracle. And, and if you're taking notes, the first one is that we see in Martha. Martha comes out to Jesus alone and Martha is a control freak. Martha's a control freak. She, 
She, she, I know, it was interesting to me. She finds herself alone. She's alone. She comes out alone. See, some of us, whenever we get uh, in these moments of, of uncertainty, when we get in these moments, we do like Martha and we start isolating ourselves. It's never been easier to be isolated than it is right now in 2021. Never been more easier. Why? Because we've all had some disappointment in the last 18 months. Amen? We've all had some disappointment along the way. And it's easy for us to be like Martha. And in an effort to control everything, we just isolate ourselves from everyone. That's why it's so important to jump in a small group and lead a small group. Why? Because God wants to put us together. We need to be encouraged, encouraging one another in these seasons that we don't understand. And Martha is a control freak. And she says this to Jesus. If you would have been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, I got it all figured out and you messed up. Says this, even now, she does damage control. I know that, you know, whatever, God will give you anything you ask. She kind of throws that in for caveat. And Jesus says, with your brother will be raised up. Watch her, watch her doing damage control. I know that he'll be raised up in the resurrection at the end of time. In other words, yeah, yeah, all that heaven stuff. But let's be real. He died and you weren't here. We watched him take his last breath. Tears coming down our eyes. I thought you were the one that healed. I thought you loved us. We told you the one whom you love is sick and you let him die. I'm disappointed. And she does like all of us do, isolate ourselves and we try to control people, control circumstances, control our perception, what other people think about us, try to look like we have it all under control. But Jesus goes right to the heart of the matter in verse 25. He says this, you don't have to wait for the end. In other words, this is not about the by and by. I have not dis I have disappointed you in the moment because I was going to show you a greater revelation of who I am because I am right now resurrection in life. I'm not just resurrection in the Bible. I want to tell somebody, your dream and the purpose that God has, it's not just someday somewhere. God says he can right now do miracles if you will trust him again, if you'll believe again, if you'll step back into it again. He's not done with you. He says this, everyone who lives believing in me does not ultimately die. And he asked her a question, do you believe this? And the challenge I have for someone today who's dealing with being controlling is this, it's time to believe again. Believe again. The question today, do you believe it? Do, do you believe that Jesus is doing the right thing? Do you believe that God has a purpose? Do you believe it? I know you can come to church and we've seen what a wonderful worship we've had and all these things have been so great, but do you believe at the core of your being or have you done what Martha did and lowered your expectations of God? Oh, we lower our expectations of God and we say, well, heaven's going to be great, but it's, you know what? It's not going to be great down here. And we get at a place of discouragement and we get at a place of despair. And Jesus takes her head, lifts it up and says, do you believe that I am right now still the God who can do what no one else can do? Do you believe again? Do you believe that prayer still changes things? Do you believe that there's going to be something powerful that happens when we gather together at that new facility tonight? Why? Because we serve a God who does miracles and signs and wonders. I believe again. I'm getting full of faith again. I'm getting full of fire again. 
I'm getting the fire back. I'm getting my hope back. I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my fresh tears down my face again. I'm going to worship God again. I'm letting something new come in my heart and life again. I'm not going to die in my dilemma. I'm not going to die at this place of discouragement. I'm fighting through it. I don't understand it all, but I know God is doing something in the midst of it all. I know he's doing something in the midst. I believe again. Somebody just needs to take a moment to say, God, I believe again. Whatever the devil's been lying to you about, you just need to just declare, God, I believe your word. I'm rejecting the lies of the enemy and I believe, God, your word is true. If you said my son's coming home, he's coming home. If you said that there's going to be a healing, I believe there's going to be a healing. I don't know how. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust you and I believe again, God. I know you're able. I know you're mighty, God. I still believe you're the God of the breakthrough. Stir your faith up this morning. I came to reach for somebody. Don't die in a place of cold religion. Don't die at a place of low expectations. Believe in the God that we see in this word again. He is able. He is able. Thanks for letting me preach to you today. I believe this. I believe this. I believe this, but life and the enemy wants to kick out all of that from you. But God says, I'm using this as an occasion. Haven't forsaken you. You don't got to control it all. You don't got to look good. You don't got to have it all together. You just be with God and believe again. You don't got to have it all figured out. You just trust the one who loves you. See, Satan would lie to you and say, if God really loved you, you wouldn't go through what you went through. That's a lie. What I found is that those he loves, he doesn't cause the pain, but he will allow you and I because he trusts us with it. Can God trust you with pain? When other people would walk away, he says, no, I know you're not going to walk away. I trust you. I trust you with that wayward child. I trust you with that trial. I trust you enough that I'm going to be late sometimes so that other people will draw nearer to the miracle. See, some of us, we've been praying for things for decades. You know what's happened? We got a crowd gathered now. We got a crowd gathered now. And so when God does the miracle... It's going to be an occasion. It's going to be an occasion. The second person we see in this story is Mary. And she wasn't a control freak. And she wasn't alone. She was surrounded by people weeping. And I like to call her the emotional wreck. (laughs) She was just emotional, crying, people crying, you know, just. But she had the same, same discouraging situation. Said, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her sobbing and the Jews with her, and anger welled up within him. And what you begin to see him share and challenge her with is to do this, to trust again. See, some of us, it's not that we're trying to control everything, but we're, we're just over, we're in our feels. I'm preaching to myself. We get in our feels. We get all in this. We get hurt. I really felt I've put this in my notes. Some of us are dealing with church hurt from the past. And God, God, he's called you here at City Hills for this purpose. Like your best days of ministry are not behind you. He's called, but you, but, but you gotta, you gotta trust again. You gotta, you gotta trust again. Trust, don't just trust God, trust God's timing in your life. Trust that God's using it. You gotta step back in again. Come to, come to the welcome to church party. Go, come get connected. Why? Because God's doing the long miracle. He's taking it the long way. He, he's still doing the work, but you have to make the decision to trust again. Trust that his seasons are right. 
Every season is so important. You know, seasons of development. Not every season is seen. When you plant a seed in the ground, a lot of times the roots go down or they join with other, uh, you know, other roots. And it's more happening than what you can see right now in your life. And God giving you something early is not a blessing. It's a curse. I have a nine-year-old that's in kids ministry right now who would love to drive the rental car back to the hotel after this service. Oh, he would love to. He's at that age where now he wants to sit in the front seat. We're like, no, get in the back seat. He wants, always wanted to be older. How many knows it would be abuse for me to throw those keys to him and say, take them. But one day, after much prayer and fasting, I will give him keys to a vehicle. Because he'll be ready. Because you'll be ready. You'll be ready. But can you trust God when you don't understand God? Job said, I look at the right, I don't see God. The left, he's not there. And look, I go forward, I go backward. I don't see God anywhere. But then he gets some faith in his heart, but he knows the way that I take. Even when I don't understand where God is, I know he knows where I am. And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. When he has tried me, whatever the trial is, see, it's not an obstacle, it's an opportunity. God is building something in you in the midst of it all, and he's not done with you yet. And so we see it here in verse 43, the crowds gathered, people are doubting, people are, some are believing, some are doubting, and ultimately the disciples are here, the crowds here, and he says the famous word, Lazarus, come forth. And the miracle comes forth. Same miracle. Same exact miracle from Luke chapter 7. Same exact miracle. But the difference in these two miracles, if you were to take the lessons learned along the way, if you were to pick up these different pieces, Oh God, I didn't know you were like that. And Lord, I didn't know you'd come through in that way, but look, you, you were there all along and I didn't understand you. And after you were to go back and pick up all the pieces of that John chapter 11 miracle, what you'll find is that you actually ended up having double for the trouble that you went through. That God actually had full intentions to bless you with more than you asked for. <laughs> See, church, it's these type of miracles that have changed my life. God's done some of these for me, some of these immediate miracles. Some of them I didn't even ask for. I just walk in and it's like, wow, that was miraculous. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen... But then I've also seen people, loved ones of mine, walk through years and years of pain and trial. I've seen God heal marriages, and I've seen my, my parents' marriage fall apart. I've seen times where God did miracles in the church, and then I've seen times where I didn't understand what was going on. But when I look back over my life, it's these type of miracles that have made me the person that I am. The reason I cry today and preach with passion today is because I'm still in the middle of a lot of these miracles like all of us are. But in the end, it's the journey that's the gift. In the end, it's the journey with God that's the gift God wants to give us. Yes, you get to the destination, but the greatest time is 
You got to spend time with the God who loves you more than you could ever imagine the whole way. You got to know who he is. So who am I preaching to today? Maybe it's somebody online. God's not finished with you yet. Came to tell somebody, whatever you do, don't quit. Whatever you do, you whatever you do, do not quit. Whatever you do, don't give up. Whatever you do, don't quit trusting or believing. This is time in this season in church life to rise up, to be generous, to serve, to show up and pray, to support. Why? Because God's doing something bigger. God's doing something bigger. And whatever you do, don't give up City Hills. God's doing something and producing something in our lives. And I'll conclude with this. We all know how Southern California is known for um, all of the the, the vegetables and fruits that it that it produces for our nation. And a few years ago, Southern California went through incredible drought, and a group of uh, farmers did some studies on um, uh, on a certain crop of pomegranates. And pomegranates are, are, you know, are man, they're an intricate fruit, and they're really unique in that they have great antioxidant, you know disease fighting power that God put in them. And so I have a couple pictures of pomegranates. The first one is a really healthy pomegranate that, uh, that they would have that would represent, you know, who, what the farmers would grow and be excited about. And you know, it looks beautiful, robust. And when, when, when you would, uh, you're full of antioxidants, all these things, but when the drought happened, the pomegranates would change. And here's a picture representing the pomegranate that, that went through the drought. And what they found is that the drought pomegranate, the pomegranate picture of the person that, I mean, the the picture of the pomegranate that went through the drought was messed up on the outside, but the inside was fully intact. So even though it it didn't look like this picture, do we have that second picture of of the other pomegranate that we can show everybody here today? This first picture of the pomegranate looked all beautiful and nice, but the second picture is something that it looked terrible on the outside, but the inside was, was all nice and all of the seeds looked beautiful. And what they discovered is this, is that the pomegranate that had been through the drought had the exact same amount of antioxidants as the one who had grown perfect and and fine so what it communicated is that you can go through drought seasons and still be still be healthy on the inside as long as you're not concerned about what you look like on the outside hallelujah see that's the hard part when we go through stuff it's not great on the outside but, but God can bring us through miraculous things on the inside. Well, that was encouraging. And then they did a further study where they restricted the plant's roots, these tree roots, and then they also put salt in the soil. And after they did that, the, the trees, you know, were mangled and small and, and, and all of a wreck. But they tested those little shriveled up pomegranates again. And what they discovered that they looked even worse on the outside But on the inside of these terrible looking pomegranates, the inside had twice the amount of antioxidants on the inside than the original seemingly fully healthy pomegranates. 
And all that to say is simply this. If you're looking for a church full of perfect plastic people that don't, don't have any problems, or if you're looking for a church that thinks you, you know, faith just a light switch just fixes all your problems in a moment, everybody has to be perfect, this is probably not the church for you. But if you're looking for a place where people come in the drought and people come broken and people come where they need help and hope and healing and they come in in the struggle and they come in broken, but they serve a God who can change everything and make all things new and that pack twice the pomegranate power that we did before. See, I came to encourage somebody. God's doing something in the drought season. God's doing something on the long way. He has a purpose and plan and He's using you. There's something that's being produced in this drought season that's going to be twice the amount of power to make a difference and power to heal and power to deliver because we live in a city that needs the hope of God. We live in a nation that needs the hope of God and you're the church and I'm the church and now's the time for us to rise up and to trust God in the midst of it all. In the darkness, this is the time for the church to shine. Our greatest days are ahead of us. God's not finished with us yet. Everything He's promised will come to pass. But God, we believe and we trust You. We know You're doing the work in our lives. So let's pray together. Lord, I just thank You so much, Lord, that You're with us, God. Thank You, Lord, that You're able. Lord, we bring to you, Lord, the the, the difficult miracles along the way. We bring to you the things we don't understand. God, I pray for, for people in this place that they've been on a long journey. They've been on a long journey, God. Lord, I just bless this amazing church family, God. Lord, you have them on a mighty journey, God. Lord, this is a movement of of the Holy Spirit of what you're doing on the earth. God, I know you're gonna use this congregation, Lord, to shake the gates of hell, God, here in San Antonio, God, to make a great difference, Lord. And I pray they would be encouraged on the long way around. Encourage, God, that you're packing them twice full of power, twice full of strength, God, as they rise up and to continue to trust you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. As no, one, no one's looking around, if you're here today and you say, Brandon, I'm kind of far from God and this message, it really is for me. This message is for me. I'm that person who stopped believing. Maybe... Maybe you walked away from God or maybe you're here in the room every week, but if you're honest, you say, my heart's been away from God and I've been lowering my expectations of Him. I would love to pray a prayer of fresh start and surrender with God, surrender to God, just a fresh start with God today. I'd love to pray a prayer with you. It's not a magic prayer, but it's just words to help you, help connect you to the God who loves you more than you can ever imagine. And He has orchestrated this whole day if just for one person in the room or watching online, one person, this is your divine appointment to believe again. If that's you, I invite you to pray with me today. Pray, pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I give you all of me. I surrender. Be my Lord. Be my God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I choose today to trust you. I choose today to follow you wherever you want me to go. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we give God a hand clap of praise for those who are making this decision today? Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.